Before we get to the word, let's go to the Lord again and seek his favor on his word this evening. Heavenly Father, we pray that what we receive from your word may be blessed by your spirit. May the truths of the gospel be of a blessing to such an extent that your name may be glorified and we would seek to carry out your will in light of your grace every day, all the more, and in every way. We pray that you would hear us in the name of Jesus. Amen. 2 Corinthians is where we're turning tonight. Uh, we're actually going to chapter 2. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 5 through 11. And uh, for those visiting, we're looking through the High Liberty Catechism. We're starting to wind up that look at the, the Catechism. We're up to the 51st of the 52 Lord's Days. We're up to the fifth request or the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. As we get to that gratitude section that deals with the Ten Commandments and then the Lord's Prayer as well. We're in our practice and in our praying, we seek to carry out the means of gratitude, expressions of gratitude to our God. We look at Lord's Day 51, question 126 on page 62. In the back of the Psalter hymnal, but before we go there, we go to the Word, to chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 of 2 Corinthians. And this is what God's Word says there. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. But this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Besides reading from the scriptures there, we're going to take a moment to respond to the scriptures by reading from the Heidelberg Catechism here in Lord's Day 51. We're looking at the fifth petition, which we also find in Matthew 6, verse 12, Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And there's a, an explanation of Matthew 6, verse 12, in Lord's Day 51. It asks the question, what does the fifth request mean? And the answer that it gives is, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven, as we also have forgiven our debtors, means because of Christ's blood, do not hold against us, poor sinners that we are, any of the sins we do, or the evil that constantly clings to us. Forgive us just as we are fully determined as evidence of your grace in us to forgive our neighbors. May God's word indeed be a blessing to us in this evening hour. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes when we're playing a a game or watching a game, and especially a game that you play as a team, somebody may 
be doing so well for your team or for whoever it is you're, at, you're watching, and somebody might say, well, what in the world would we ever do without that person on our team? I'm sure glad that person's on our team. Boys and girls maybe do this, at least we used to do that, is that we used to pick sides, and then when you were picking sides by who was going to be on your team, you were hoping that you could get so-and-so on your team because you knew that if you had that person on your team, uh, victory was almost assured. You're so glad to have him because you've seen him in the past and you've seen him perform at other times and people have said, what would they have done without that person on that team? Sometimes we sense that at our work or other places as well, that uh, there are these people that are what we call almost indispensable. What would we do without them? Uh, but one of the things of which we're reminded tonight in the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer is how indispensable the mercy of the Lord is. Whether we're seeking it or whether we're reflecting it in our lives. Because both the seeking and the reflecting of God's mercy are, are, are very matter, great matters of importance to us. And, and they're points to our sermon tonight as well. As we, we look at this focus on the fifth petition or the fifth request of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. We're looking at this petition for forgiveness as we're seeking God's mercy, but also as we're reflecting God's mercy. Now, it's, of course, the Savior would never misplace anything in his teaching on prayer, but this petition that we have here is in the perfect place. That shouldn't surprise us. But we might say that if you're thinking about mercy and seeking mercy as we're praying, we're doing that already early on in the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, aren't we? We might say that we're seeking God's mercy with every petition of the Lord's Prayer. And in a certain sense, that's true. Because throughout the prayer, we're expressing our need for help and direction. That only the Father in heaven can supply us for the sake of Jesus Christ. But, but of course, this petition really hones in on that. It's, it's very specific that way, as it seeks mercy in a most fitting way, in a very most strategic place, in the prayer of the Lord. Because as we ask for God's name to be hallowed, and his kingdom to come, and his will to be done, and as we seek our daily bread, we also realize, don't we, that we do so as people who are living on this side of glory. And as we live on this side of glory, we admit that while glory awaits those in Christ Jesus, we haven't known its fullness yet. And it shows every single day. It shows in each day that we live in the sins that we commit. Even as Christians. Even as believers. 
How thankful we have to be that Jesus Christ knows that sin continues to be an issue for us. And it'll continue to be that way until the day we die or Christ comes in His glory. How thankful we can be that, that He not only knows that such sinning continues, but that He also teaches us to pray daily for our Father's pardon. This is fitting, given the prayer we're taught. We pray that God's name will be hallowed. And yet we don't find ourselves perfectly directing all our living in what we think, say, and do so that His name is honored. We pray that His kingdom will come. But we don't always submit to His Word and His Spirit. We pray that His will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, but, but we, we don't always reject our own will. We like our way. And we don't always obey His will without any backtalk. And we don't always carry out our work like the angels in heaven. And we pray, give us this day our daily bread, but we don't, all, we don't always receive and use everything in such a way to show that we've given up our trust in other things. Is it any wonder then that Jesus teaches us to look to God for mercy in our Christian walk? And in the fifth petition, we're, we're learning the lesson of seeking his mercy daily. Because we have opportunity there to admit that daily we fall short of the love that our Father not only demands but deserves from us. Particularly when we have already come to know His mercy, of course, in Jesus Christ. In one sense, it's an opportunity for us to show our love for the Father by declaring how good He's been to us and how good that He is, and yet how His goodness in our sanctified living hasn't been perfectly reflected and how sorry we are that it hasn't been. How thankful we can be that there's this avenue that's open to us daily. Daily we sin, yet daily we may find that that door is open to us to express our sorrow for this sin. Daily then we see the mercies of God shown to us. and We can't lose sight of that. Not just that daily we sin, but that daily we see the mercies of God shown to us as we are able to petition about our sin. The mercies of God are, are daily. They, they are truly new each morning. We have the morning and the day as, as mercies from God. Not as what is owed to us. Not so when, when we see the fifth petition and we remember what we owe God. What debts we would otherwise owe to our God. Were it not for the fact that we were children of His through Jesus Christ our Lord. No, each day then we see 
as a day of mercy. Day of mercy. Each day an opportunity to express the joy of that mercy. Because despite our spiritual poverty before our Father, of which we must be those who admit, despite our spiritual poverty before our Father in our calling to live a sanctified life, we might know His pardon for Jesus' sake. And that's a great way to be able to look at the day. It's a day of mercy. Every day. It's a petition that calls us daily then to see the sin in our life, to be sorry for it, and, and to seek God's pardon. And in so praying and, and in the teaching to pray, we learn to take no joy in our sin, no pride in our sin, no love for sin. We seek the grief, we see the grief that it brings us and others. How it impacts particularly the household of faith and the ripple effect that it can have there so that we don't just sit there and say, well, what I do is just my business and it impacts nobody else. Because we learn that there's a little that a little bit of yeast can go through the whole dough. And how thankful we can be then that, that we are not only to pray then about our sin, but how thankful we can be when we can recognize that sin in our lives. Which we see in our passage today that this evening that someone was able to see. Because you know what compounds our problem and brings greater grief not only to ourselves but to the church of Jesus Christ is not just when we sin but when in our impenitence we don't see the wrong of our sin. It's impact. Because it's one thing to sin and, 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 and to admit to our sin and, and seek God's pardon, knowing that we would be nowhere without His pardon. It's another thing to sin and refuse to see it. And subsequently to refuse to seek God, God's pardon. Because then where do we stand? If we don't see what we should see. Where are we when we haven't known the pardon of God the Father through Jesus Christ. We, you see, we have to see, not just the sin, of course we need to see it, but we need to be able to see that His mercy is indispensable. Without it, there's no church, there's no relationship with God, and if there's no relationship with God, we're in a most pitiful state. And we are not to be envied, and we are not to be reflected, and we are not to look out at the world and say then, boy, I wish I was of that caliber, and I was of that status, not when there's no mercy. Not when there's no recognition of sin. Not worthy of emulation that way. It's a most grievous state to be sure when you're not in the state of God's mercy because you haven't seen your sin. You can't see the day then as you should. It's the day of God's mercy to you in all facets. So how thankful we need to be that God who calls us in Christ for help and direction is also a God 
who continues to call us to himself to seek his mercy and in the process to seek his peace for the sake of Jesus Christ. Because where would we be without that mercy? The day would not be a day of mercy. The day would not be a day of peace. Life wouldn't be worth living because we're without the indispensable mercy of God and, and we fail to see it in the day in which we're living. We can ask a similar question with regard to the calling that's ours to reflect God's mercy to us as his children. We often say when we see a child emulate his father that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's that gracious spirit that we've known and that we seek that's also then, and that's our second point, is that it's, it's to be a reflection uh, in God's people, in God's children. And here again, when you hear that we are to forgive our debtors, we remember that not only do we owe God, but others owe us, and we owe others. And as long as we live on this side of glory, that's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. But if we cannot live in grace among one another, then where would we be without mercy? Where would we be without the mercy of God reflected in our lives? In our passage tonight, we hear the apostles calling to exercise forgiveness of this person who finally, after a time, evidently, of church discipline, became penitent and sorry, genuinely, for what he had done. And his sin had caused sorrow and grievance to many within the church of Jesus Christ, as our passage makes evident. But, says the apostle, now was the time for restoration, for expressions of inclusion and love. A time for joy, really, because the one who had caused sorrow was sorry for the sorrow he had caused, and he was sorry for the sin he had committed. And this sorrow is going to lead to joy then. Seems like a paradox, doesn't it? Seems like a contradiction. And sorrow would lead to joy, but that's what's happening. It was time then for the faith of people to be put to the test, as our passage says, to affirm their love for him and not to bring about what's called excessive sorrow. Sorrow upon sorrow. Unjust sorrow. Where Satan could have his way. Because of instead of rejoicing with the penitent, there would be what Satan would just love, which is further division and bitterness and grudges and hatred and vengeance which is a reflection not of the grace that identified the church for what it was in Christ and in God, but of the very evil that spurred on the original sin in the first place. Such would be to Satan's advantage, such an attitude saved by the grace of God that would destroy the church. And then again the question can be asked, where would the church be without forgiveness. Certainly nowhere without the blood of Jesus Christ in our relationship with God. Where would the church be 
without forgiveness among, among the brothers and the sisters in the faith. And, and you think about that. How do friendships last? That We talked about friendships this morning. We talked about that tonight. And, and that's true about families. And that's true about marriages. That's, a, that's true about your household and my household. How, how can we live under the same roof for years without forgiveness? How can we live under the same spiritual roof without forgiveness? Because we're on this side of glory and we need to be reminded that it isn't just so-and-so, but it is me, it is I, who still sin. We all sin. We're all sinners. How is there any hope for harmony? But what allows it to happen, and the only thing that can allow it to happen, as those who are owed, and who owe, is the grace of God. Who reminds us again daily what kind of day it is. A day of mercy. Who reminds us daily that we are not debtors to Him solely because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ shed for us. And when we remember His mercy in adopting us as His heirs in Christ, the evidence of that grace at work inside us shows itself in the grace that is in working is working on the outside of us. As we pardon those who owe us, as they seek our pardon, and as our love covers a multitude of sins in a God-centered and Christ-centered way. We remember then as we pray for our pardon and as those who have known pardon, that the value of that pardon in our lives is to be shared with those around us. Because we don't want to become pawns in the devil's hand. Onto destruction. Onto the division. Onto broken bonds. But rather partners onto edification and peace. And oneness. Because really, where would we be? Where would we be? Without the mercy of God in Christ. That that has to permeate. How would this be a day of mercy without the mercy of God in Christ? And where would others be without the mercy of those who have known the mercy of God in Christ? Where would we be in our families and in our churches and our relationships without the mercy that others have been able to show us because they've known God's mercy in Christ. What a sorrowful thing it is when we haven't known that mercy. If we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray as those who are children of God. For the sake of Jesus Christ. But when we pray the, the fifth petition 
of the Lord's Prayer, we, we pray not only as children, we remember how we are to act like God's children. Who know His pardon. Known as peace in the most precious way. Known as joy, his pardon. Not the sorrow of him turning us away, casting us out. It's, it's, it's so precious, it's so lavish that we're eager to share that peace and that pardon, and the joy of that peace and that pardon wherever and whenever we get a chance to do it. Isn't it a thankful thing? It isn't a joyous thing that you can see His mercy every day you get up. That you can look at your day and I can look at my day as in, in all its facets as a day of mercy from God. Thank the Lord that when you've known that mercy from God, you can also know what it means to be merciful yourself. Because you're, you're somebody who knows that you'd be nowhere without the mercy of God. <clears throat> Amen. Let's take a moment to respond in prayer. Heavenly Father, it's a blessed thing to have our Savior teach us. To teach us to seek mercy in, in the Lord's Prayer and then with that special focus here on forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. May we see each day as a day of mercy. As we have had the door open to seek it from you. And to see it in you. And to reflect it, Father in our dealings with others. Lord, may you help us to that end. In the name of Jesus Christ, whose blood was shed, so that we might know your mercy, we do pray in his name. Amen.